starting. All right, tonight we're gonna to talk about documentation. RJ even showed up, so stay tuned. <laughs> RJ showed up for documentation. That's right. Wow. Did you I, don't document think, I, don't, I don't even show That's like a new thing, right? Do you document? Actually, All I should say, RJ too. really does document. I have to deal with a lot of his endpoints. Marcus knows, man. For stuff, and, and he does write he does, documentation. He lays the groundwork. He does lay the groundwork. Yeah, I, I always start out with the best of intentions, and I get Everyone like does. you know a little bit in, and then it's gone. Then it's like the workflow comes in, it's moving too fast, and the documentation goes out the window. So before we jump so. into this, I do want to mention that in uh, our next episode, we are going to be broadcasting live from Dreamforce. I was so, wondering where you're going. Uh, I forgot about that. RJ's going to be here in Atlanta broadcasting. Home Me and Ryan floor. will be boots on ground in California with you doing Dreamforce. So make sure you run into us. We're going to be doing it 4.30 uh, San Francisco time. So if you bump into us, that's when we're doing it. We'd love to interview and have you on the show. Um, some of you are our favorites, and you know who you are. So make sure to show up and uh, uh, participate. Tonight, we do have Marcus. I'm going to point as much as I can at the camera this evening. Mm -hmm. um, but in the meantime, <laughs> we have Marcus Flores from Map Anything. He does the documentation here at Map Anything and is going to be kind of talking to us about some of the uh, headaches and things that he does all to make headaches, his job I'm sure. better. So we can all learn how to document better. That's for sure. I know I have a problem documenting. I mean, but every good developer does. Uh, it happens to everybody. That's, <laughs> That's right. What do you call a developer who doesn't document his code? A developer. A developer. <laughs> a developer. Right. Yeah, was coming. I saw that coming. Sideline, side that. note here. If... Uh, if BJ makes a dad joke at you at Dreamforce, uh, I fully support punching him <laughs> on camera. Though, just make sure you get it. We'll put it on the website. I can I, I I don't know if I can condone violence. Condoning uh, violence. Did you say I, website? I, I, Speaking <laughs> of websites, we've got a new website coming out very soon. So make sure that you stay tuned. We're gonna have a forum so you can answer or ask questions, and we can actually go in and answer them as long uh, or as well as the other community members who visit the site. So please be uh, paying attention to that and. It's going to be really cool. System.debug.com. It's completely changing. So super awesome. Yeah. And yes. it's system.dot spelled out. System.debug.com. Yeah. The second dot not spelled out. That's right. <laughs> Only one dot. And also, out. if BJ just doesn't make dad jokes, nobody will hit him. So, I mean, I think that's fair. I, hey, man, I, I personally like the dad jokes being, you're going to like them too. Let me just tell you. I that. do. I, I go for the dad jokes too, especially at lunch, man. Oh, yeah. Like good BJ, bad joke. Oh, I mean, it's it's three on one right now, but same. You ever watch Sesame Street? Yes, <laughs> I have. One of these things just doesn't belong here. I mean, oh, <laughs> I'm fine. I can leave. <laughs> See you. All right. So documentation and uh, documenting your code. It's definitely mm -hmm. something that gets talked about. In most software companies and uh, most development offices, and not done, and not done. So, what would you say, Ryan? Why, why do you feel like documentation doesn't happen as often as it should, or as well as it should? Um, I think it's just because your stereotypical developer, such as myself, um, it's boring. <laughs> right? I mean, we we're in there. We want to solve problems. We have deadlines. We have to hit. 
Um, and if documentation is not called out as one of those things as you know that actually has a deadline or whatever that you, you just lose focus on it is is really my history with it uh i'm getting better documenting in my code i've always done okay but it's that overall arching document here's x y and z here's how we arrived here all of that stuff um it always seems to just be the last thing on everybody's mind you know like i said uh just before we started uh you know it, i always start out with the best of intentions and it just usually goes away. So actually, I'm hoping to get something out of this because I know there are tools and I hope we talk about some of them, like, you know, all the docs or read the docs and Sphinx and co uh, document generation. But I don't know. Um, yeah, there. I know there's options. I just don't know many of them. And there's a ton of options. Oh, a stupid number of options. But I, I actually feel like I kind of fall into the same... Uh, vein of thought if there was a task on my board that actually said at the end of everything documentation i might do it 10 story points yep <laughs> yeah 10 10 story points there you go whole week's worth of work yeah exactly. nobody yeah nobody's gonna throw that up there though yeah so, nobody would go for that so seeing as how not we as developers have agreed we're not going to document our code um, I, have not, I have not agreed. Again, this is a, maybe a 3v1 kind of situation here, but I have not agreed that I will not document my code. What could make it easier for somebody like you, Marcus? Who, who, so actually, first, why don't we start by um, kind of explaining some of your background, where you came from, how you ended up where you are. What got you into doing the role of documentation? Oh, man. It's a very, very long story that I'll summarize pretty Thank shortly. You. So when I was in school, um, first time around, studied English, minored in mathematics, got out, found a job working for Volvo um, as a technical writer. Um, while I was doing that, I took an interest in software um, because I was working on some vehicle diagnostic trouble codes and things like that that was really close to the hardware. So I did some computer science work at North Carolina State University here, and that was where I really started to get pretty I would say competent at developing and um, writing code as well as writing documentation about code because it was a requirement for um, for our projects and things. You, know, you had to have documentation, um, and it would if not, um, you'd have points deducted and pretty severely in a lot of cases. So, to make a long story short, I uh, ended up leaving Volvo, joining Map Anything, and here I am, kind of in the doc world. Um, with you guys now, I'm writing for a pretty specific, you know, Salesforce. Um, so it's a pretty specific place, uh, and it's a little bit different than what I was more accustomed to back in school, where we were learning Java and C and C plus plus, and there are all kinds of neat tools and things like that. But in the world of Apex and you know um, JavaScript, for example, there just isn't there aren't quite as many tools out there. So we you know do like REST documentation and that, but that's kind of what I do in a nutshell. Tools available. What? Yeah, I mean, like, as far as I knew, I mean, like, I'll admit Confluence being somewhat new to me anyway, sure. mm -hmm. um, with like Atlassian and stuff like that. Besides Word, like, what what tools do you use? What tools? What do they do? Have I used? Well, let's see. So, if we take it, I think Java has pretty much the most standard kit available, which is this. If you're using traditional Java development, say in like a, an IDE like Eclipse or IntelliJ or something of the sort, you can actually comment your code with uh, certain tags. Like, for example, at param would designate a parameter. For example, an at return tag would designate the return, and you would just put some, you know, this returns negative one if the function fails, or you know, whatever the case might be. Uh, and then there's a built-in tool within Eclipse that will actually generate um, an HTML document of 
you know, your functions and your method signatures, your parameters and all that based on the, you know, comments that you supplied in the code. So that's one example. Um, and there are others that basically have the same idea. Swagger tries to do the same, more or less the same thing for Node and JavaScript. And and there are, you know, Doxygen is another one. Uh, Oxygen as well for C. And those are kind of available straight off the Linux command line if you're familiar with, with working there. So there are lots of these little tools available, but uh, in Apex, not not quite as many that I've that I've been aware of. So when I think of tools in terms of documentation, I think of things that um, are kind of that kind of automate the process itself. And uh, what would you say? So so you're saying like Apex is kind of lacking the yeah, and, tools, possibly. Well, you can you can Java doc the heck out of Apex all day long. I mean, you can write it like that, and there may be tools that are out there to do it, but I've not. Frankly, I've not put the time into studying them, but I would think that you could maybe, uh, I don't know, you'd have to graft Apex out and put it in Eclipse somehow, or, and you can maybe generate the same type of thing. But um, yeah, and just something that makes my job a little more difficult just from a development standpoint. Like if I'm looking through your code, just, uh, you know, Apex, as far my as I'm aware, no, just not yours, just anybody's in general. Um, but like Apex doesn't allow you to set like breakpoints. So I can't like step through the execution like I can in Java. So that kind of makes it difficult because in Java I can set a breakpoint at main, you know, the main method and just kind of follow it through. Whereas in Apex I've got to like system.debug every single place where I think I could have a you got a what? I'm sorry, say that again. Uh, I got a system.debug a uh, that's you know, right you do flag <laughs> everywhere. So yeah, so kind of bring it back being kind of meta. Mm -hmm. But, so now, where yeah. do you typically start? Like, uh, what's your tool of choice? Is it because of uh, in-house tools that you use that specific tool, or is it just your tool of choice? Where do you kind of get off the ground when it first comes to documenting something? Well, it really, well, it, to a large extent, it depends on what I'm documenting, because you have to think and map anything. There are specifically there are three different types of, of documents we could be doing. We're talking like end user is one, probably the most basic. Salesforce configurations, kind of a little more technical, but not too bad. And then we've got the developer stuff. So depending on, you know, which specific audience you're writing to, I mean, you wouldn't write, for example, in user documentation in Confluence or in, you know, with Java doc or, you know, anything like that. But so yeah, it, it really, it, it just depends on what your audience is and where it's, where it's pointed to. Okay, but uh, I, I get you, you specifically. You asked kind of like how I start, and and really, the groundwork for where it all kind of starts for me, at least, is Jira stories. So new feature development. So whatever's in Jira, I kind of just do a sort by you know and, and figure out what all the new stories are. And generally, I have a pretty good sense just of being in the standups and listening in and working, just being on the product team. You can pick that up pretty quickly. But that's really kind of where I, I see the hard like okay, here's the raw material for this specific feature. Now. When you, for most of the documentation that you're doing for development, right? And I understand that you're doing de de, uh, documentation for both external viewers as well as internal viewers, as far as map anything goes. However, yes. um, from an internal standpoint, dealing directly with the developers, what are some of the hangups? Like, what are some of the biggest hangups that you have when you're working with documenting developer code? Um, it changes pretty frequently, and that's just sort of the nature of the beast, right? I, I mean there are rest endpoints where, for example, I was trying to hit something today and I was like, oh, well, the, the, the endpoint itself had changed. And I remembered, because RJ and I discussed that and I was like, oh man, and then I had to go dig up a separate, like a Google doc where that information was carried. And I was like, oh, okay, there it is. Which it's not a big headache. It's just kind of staying on top of the changes uh, that, that kind of come about in such a, an agile kind of place. 
So what are some of the key points that you look for when you're documenting the code? Um, I think minimum and maximums are really big. So for example, if you're looking at, um, you know, is this code going to return negative one if it fails? And C, for example, it's really common. Like if, if you search a list and don't find it, you might return negative one, for example. Um, so out of bounds. Yeah, so I would say parent, like minimum maximums, you know, okay, this function will only accept a maximum of 50 function call, or a 50, I don't know, a list of size 50 or, you know, whatever the case might be. Um, I don't know, cer certain try catches too, I think are pretty important to document. And for example, why you're running a specific try catch a certain way, those are important to me. So do you actually scan all the code? Sorry, Ryan, go for it. No, I was just, I want to back up like two things. I was, I was taking a breath every time thinking I could sneak it in there. Sorry. Um, Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, go ahead. no, that's fine. I, I, did I hear that right? So is, is Marcus actually writing your developers' is, is, is documentation? Is it, is it really? No. So here's what the most recent stuff I've really taken on that's really gotten me into Apex was, um, we have a certain, I guess, certain global functions that we that can be called, and these functions were produced you know, for for others. And and so the idea with these functions is that the code that's in there is probably not, or excuse me, the documentation that's in those that's in the uh, by the methods and things is not a hundred percent consumable by a developer. So I need to like take it, put it in a more polished form, write some sample code myself. Um, and kind of give a couple of examples just so I can work through it and, and convey it in a better way. Okay, so you're not you're not going through their their Apex class files and literally commenting, making the comments in the code. No, 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 no. That that's okay, okay. no, that would be extremely difficult. That would just be too awesome. I was sitting there <laughs> way too cool. You mentioned being able to step through and understand what the code is doing, and I started like putting the math together in my head, going, "Oh my God, is he actually putting the comments in the developer's code? Like, what the hell are you guys doing over there?" But no, okay, I got you now. Hey, well, it's hey, like hey, you guys hey. just lost so much street cred. <laughs> no, like, around. I'm good. Yeah, yeah. The, the stepping through execution was actually kind of a task I learned at NC State when, you know, a professor might give you. Um, you might be given method stubs or code fragments and you have to build on top of that. And then part of it's kind of figuring out how all that works together. And so you would want to step through that to kind of see, okay, where is this failing or where is this, you know, branch of execution going? So when I say stepping through, that's just one other, you know, helpful tool that I can use when I'm kind of working through these things. I gotcha. Okay. I completely misunderstood. Yeah. Sorry. I didn't mean to sidetrack you. Go ahead, Brian. What was the question you were going to ask? I actually, I mean, I don't know, but I have 50 million of them. So let's keep going. <laughs> Um, what are things that uh, developers could be doing to make your life a lot easier? Documenting um, all their stuff. Oh, stop that. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, at the end of the day, it doesn't really have to be pretty, but uh, there was a specific method that I, uh, a point and polygon method that I came across a couple of days ago. Um, Brian, I think you and I actually looked at this, and it wasn't apparent to me, but what was actually in the comments was actually a sample call for it. And I didn't recognize it at first because it was within the method itself, not above it. And I don't care if it's above the method, within it, wherever, but just having that sort of helpful sample call was like everything. Cause I was like, Oh, well, I can, you know, take this and I can kind of modify it a bit. Just a sample call above the code to be like, you know, inputs this output expected this. And for the most part, I can kind of run with that. Okay. So if you're writing things that are accepting parameters, at least giving the person giving the documentation or doing the documentation, just like, this is what's expected in, mm -hmm. this is what expected out. Yeah. Just as an yeah. example. Yeah, and it can be as simple as can be. Like, it does not have to be super fancy. It's two backslashes, like, I don't 
takes an integer, returns a double, I, whatever the case might be, just just something that I can run with, you know. And and cleverly named or helpfully named methods being very descriptive um, are also really helpful because the name can really kind of tell you a lot. Yeah, Ryan's a bobblehead. For me, yeah, that's a big one for me. I'm like, come on, man, let's let, let's tell me what this method does in its name, or you know, just give me a clue here. Don't just be like method one method to <laughs> add number you know whatever you know it's just tell me what it is we're doing but yeah okay so now is there like a big job uh need for documentation like is this like something There's that would you need. say i would have said need uh, you know i could have worded it anyway but i'm pulling them out of my butt as i go so, um, uh, this is one yeah, problem I mean, with your documentation that's definitely the one problem with my documentation i would say Yes and no. I mean, it is a smaller career field, I would say for sure. I mean, there's definitely not a huge need because uh, it's kind of transformed over the years. Back in the day, um, when you had something really complex like AutoCAD in like 1996, you really had to have a user manual for that sort of thing. And Photoshop would be another example where you had to have end user documentation. But um, for the most part, those are really heavy weight enterprise software platforms where people pick it up and learn how to use it and just kind of Google around and don't really need as much assistance. Um, in kind of the app-driven world we live in today, it's really one where if your device, unfortunately, or your application is not simple enough to use without documentation, it's probably not going to do very well. So over the years, it is true, I think, the documentation, the software documentation is kind of, um, I don't know, evaporated to an extent, but there's still a need for it, you know, especially, I would say specifically, really, in the Salesforce world where it's not just a matter of, um, you know, you're talking about really complex stuff like object-oriented paradigms and relational database concepts within kind of a point-and-click interface. You know, you kind of have to be able to explain that, and that's why, you know, case in point, why Trailhead exists. So, um, yeah, I'd say there's a need specifically within the Salesforce area. Um, but as a general trend, it seems to be a smaller career field. Okay. I want to give anybody a chance. Anyone else got a question? I don't have any questions, really. Just more comments. Like, I know yeah. that there are tools out there. In my uh, Python experience, one of the tools that we used a lot was Sphinx. So you could actually run Sphinx against your Python code, and it would actually create, it would read your comments and create really nice documentation. Now, just before the call, um, I Googled something called All the Docs. I think it was All the Docs. All the Docs. And it's like an NPM package that apparently you can put your comments in Markdown. I would have to learn more about that. But do, do, have you come across people doing it that way? Because there is, in my opinion, unless there's something I don't know, which is entirely possible, uh, there is a very uh, big shortage of um, documentation type tools in the Salesforce world. And boy, it would be really awesome if, you know, now that we have Salesforce DX, if I could just add a DX command, that'd be like, okay, build docs, boom, and it calls my script, and you know, like a Git hook even would be great. Yeah, maybe that's something to look into. Yeah. Megan loves documenting, by the way. I just saw that on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, Megan. I just retweeted her. She said that she makes it a uh, a task on her Jira board with every project. She makes a task for technical documentation. Whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> Some people are lucky like that. She puts her own tasks on Jira. I don't Some know. She do. just says her exact words. For me, I make a task for technical documentation on the Jira board with every project. I feel like wow. no one's going to hire me after this video. <laughs> <laughs> How do all of us have PMs? 
Well, good thing you're employed now, so. <laughs> yeah, your career's over, Brian. We don't want that guy. He doesn't document anything. What the heck? <laughs> doesn't matter how he codes. So no, I'm just curious. and then so I guess I do kind of have a question. So I've had yeah. this argument with many a developer, and I think we all know what the real answer is. But I'm just gonna throw it out there. Do you ever get challenged by we should be writing code that documents itself, blah 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 blah, right? Rather than you know putting comments in my code and everything like that. I mean, have you ever gotten into those discussions with people, and how did you handle that? Um. Me personally, um, not not really. I, I guess because I can see both sides of the coin. I mean, in a perfect world, I would think you could um, write wonderfully self-documenting code. But you know, especially when you're looking at really really low level stuff, though, like C. I mean, if you were to go on um, just go on GitHub and look at V8's, you know, Chrome right. project or whatever, and just go dig in that. I mean, there's some of the stuff in it that's so esoteric and obscure that there's no way that code's going to write itself. I mean so you'll have to comment that to a large extent, but then there's other times where it is kind of easily doable. Um, you know, and I guess it's, I guess it's difficult to make a hard and fast kind of rule for that satisfies all use cases. Gotcha. I was just curious. I know I've had that conversation before and I'm always, you know, that's all well and good. And I, I like to, I'm a big documenter of why not necessarily what, because yeah. to an extent the code Yep, we we know what it does when a developer reads it. I try to write my code so that anybody can digest it for the most part. So we know what it does, but why the heck did I do it that way? way? That's a good that's a good point to make too. I think because uh, you know it would be interesting to put in there something. Well, this runs in linear time as opposed to I don't know exponential time. So that's why I wrote this method this way. That's probably pretty helpful too, especially if somebody's going to be working on your code after the fact. I mean, or you know, because you're not always going to be the one working on it. Right. So what about that developer who says they don't document their code because of job security? This, who says that? I think we have a word for that. A word for that, and I don't know if I'm allowed to say it on the air. Yeah, <laughs> who says that? I don't know. Not me. I'd be like castle. Um. <laughs> yeah, like that's uh. Ugh, no, man. it's a jerk move. I completely agree. But yeah. you can't you can't denounce that. I mean, you can't deny that there are developers out there who feel like. By not documenting their code, they're the only ones who can touch it. I'm sure there are, but I mean, those are the same people who use single uh, character variables throughout their whole entire thing. And, I'll give you that. You know, like an auto minify. They're going to do it. Ifs. Yeah. That's a low blow. That's a low blow, bro. Well, I'm just saying, like, if, if they're going to do it, whether they document it or not, it, it's not going to make much of a difference if it's not readable code. To okay, begin with, you know, so you could be like, yeah, function A does this. It's like, okay, cool. And then you're searching around for function A and there's 40 bazillion A's all over the place. So you're like, where the heck did the function call go? Does it even run? Does anyone use this? Like a million different things. So you'll never know. If they don't want you to know, you'll never know. Yeah, that's, a, yeah, that's a good question. I was just going to say, Marcus. Yes. What do you do about like constant, like I, I, obviously the code's constantly evolving. How often do you have to come across it and kind of go, well, this is all garbage. <laughs> well, it's not garbage, but uh, I mean, just in certain products, they're just they just change, man. I mean, they're, they're, there's really nothing you can do about it. I mean, the code's going to change to meet the dictates and the mandates of the business. I mean, you know, I can get frustrated about it, or I can just kind of roll with it. I mean, what I do is I'll 
hit the endpoint or if it's changed or if it's a particular method, I'll work through it and say, oh, well, it didn't change too much or, uh, you know, and just do an example and kind of keep going. Um, but I guess the trick in what I would like in an ideal world would be maybe I wouldn't say that something has to be, um, what I'm going with here, like, you don't necessarily have to make a story in Jira for documentation, I don't think, but maybe just a simple flag that said, you know, I don't know, requires documentation, you know, create a new method for this. And then that would make, give me a lot more insight into, okay, this is changing on this and su on such and such sprint for whatever reason. That would be kind of cool, I think. Okay. Yeah, to be able to call that out, like, I've made a change to this method that's going to, you know, change the way it functions, so we need to revisit documentation. Yeah. I've, I've, I could talk about stuff like that for a long time just because I've, if I had the free time to do things like that, I would make sure that we were able to, when you check in your code, have a Git hook run that goes and checks and say, hey, you know, somebody tagged this revision with code review, line 267, right? And it would talk to Salesforce and create a code review case for somebody to review and stuff. I mean, I've, I've got these lofty ideas in no time. Right? Jira can do, I mean, the, the Atlassian suite, I guess you could say. Uh, can do a lot of that for you. So if you're using like their Bitbucket. Bitbucket plus all that stuff, yeah, you can you can have it hook into their other services. Uh, I'm pretty sure, yeah. yeah, and you can have you can have a lot of crazy stuff in there. But yeah, yeah, because I could see where that would be useful. And speaking of job security, that's Marcus's job security right there, right? The code evolves. Somebody needs to go and make sure everything's updated. That's right. And changed and everything. So yeah, um, yeah, I, I give you credit because that. Oh, that's got to be a moving there, target. Oh, that's fine. Um, yeah, we've got a, uh, a tornado watch in Charlotte, so part oh, of my internet. Hey, that's, that's <laughs> nice. No worries. Um, but yeah, I mean, it sounds like a job that you have to stay on top of quite a bit. I mean, it could change often and fast. So Yeah, definitely. Well, I do want to take the time to say thank you so much to Marcus for being able to join us today. Do we have any uh, questions or comments in the chat? Um, no, it was just Megan and I discussing a little bit more about uh, the fact that she puts her stories in Jira and stuff. But they have, they're a small company, small team, everything like that. So, well, speaking um, of Megan, I expect to see Megan at Dreamforce to be on the show. Absolutely, we got to so make sure she's there. Her. That's right. She better find us because well, yeah. we're going to be doing a live stream. So remember, four thirty San Francisco time. By me or Ryan, uh, I might be down at the booth and map anything for, uh, during in the expo hall. Probably. Ryan could be out and about anywhere. Um, find one of us. We're going to be doing a live stream. We're going to try to interview as many people and, and share as much of the Dreamforce experience over 30 minutes as we possibly can. And totally. yeah, that's a lot in 30 minutes. And then be yeah. be done. So yeah. Also, that's don't punch me. BJ. Oh, uh, we, he's fragile. I won't, I won't that, no, not not you. I mean anybody. I wasn't worried about you, Ryan. Should I have been worried about yeah, you? Was he's that, like, like on the list. He's like one more dad joke, man. I don't know. Just thank <laughs> goodness, RJ gave me the right to pop one more dad joke. Oh, After RJ, how last... many dads does it take to open a bottle of beer? None. It should be open when his kid brings it to him. Oh my goodness! Oh my god! Punishable, punishable offense. That, that might be a punishable offense. Hey, Yo, I, I, you said you I'm liked him. You said you liked him. I, I do. That was actually pretty good. That's on you. I'm just curious how we're going to pull off this massive RJ might be at the booth and I might be... RJ will not be at the booth. No, I won't be anywhere. RJ will no, be here. Ryan's anywhere. going to be at the booth. RJ's going to be at home. We're going to do it with technology. All right. Yeah. 
technology. You can't see it because it's invisible phone, but it's so high tech. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, that's the iPhone 11. There. That's just, is that the new iPhone that just <laughs> the resolution's insane. It's all AR. Like the whole phone is AR. It's just invisible. That's right. It's totally invisible. They call it real life. So is it a touch screen or is it like a touch through screen? Like... Oh yeah, no, it's 4D. It's a thought screen. <laughs> it's a thought screen, man. You just think it. Oh. All right, this has gone off this the rails. All right, everybody. I think maybe you need to bump us out of here before it gets. I think you need to bump us yeah, out of here. Bump it. You all have a great night. We will catch you in two weeks and uh, have a fun Dreamforce. Thanks again, Marcus. All right. Yeah, yeah thanks, thanks, guys. Take care. Yeah.